Financial Hits and Misses, originally published on November 17, 2022, written and read by Dror Polig. In a complex world, success only makes sense after it happens. We live in a crazy world. Consider the following story. A startup raised money for a business that operated in a legal gray area and later became illegal in many jurisdictions. The startup subsidized its offering to attract customers. It encouraged customers to get into risky situations. The company lost money for years and was constantly hounded by lawmakers. And yet, the world's most prominent investors flocked to invest in it. I'm talking, of course, about Airbnb. Once a company is successful, it's easy to forget how unreasonable it was to invest in it. Some say that Airbnb is unique and that, despite the legal uncertainty, investors supported it because its founders were of exceptional character. But Airbnb is not the only company that fits the description above. Uber, too, launched in a, a business that was predicated on skirting the law, on putting customers in risky situations, on subsidizing rides, and losing money for years. And unlike Airbnb's Brian Chesky, Uber's founder, Travis Kalanick, was not a nice guy. Others say that Uber, Airbnb, and other companies that grew through the 2010s benefited from a unique period of low interest rates that will never return. But Uber and Airbnb remained solvent and raised more money even as interest rates rose and the economy shut down. And in any case, real interest rates in 2022 are not so different from in 2008, when Uber and Airbnb were founded and started to raise money. Even today, Airbnb and Uber's business can be seen as questionable. 14 years after its founding, Uber is still losing money. And Airbnb just posted its most profitable quarter ever, but a recent announcement from CEO Brian Chesky highlights how little has changed since the company was founded. So Chesky recently announced on Twitter that the company is expanding identity verification to 100% of its guests and hosts. Now let's put this in context. According to Airbnb's website, the company facilitated transactions between more than a billion guest arrivals to properties managed by over 4 million hosts. That's a lot of people. And yet, only in 2022, the company is finally starting to verify the identity of every guest and every host. It took Airbnb a decade and a half to implement a standard safety procedure that is par for the course in a hotel. Now, this is not meant as a jab at Airbnb or Uber, it is meant to highlight the obvious red flags in some of this era's most successful companies. Our economy depends on investors who bet on such companies despite these red flags. To understand why, consider the following data points from Sebastian Malaby's excellent History of Venture Capital. A survey of 7,000 investments made over 30 years found that 5% of the total capital deployed generated 60% of all the return. In other words, 5% of the money went into companies that became big enough to eclipse the whole portfolio. Another data point. Y Combinator, a venture capital fund, found that 75% of its 2012 gains came from just two out of the 280 startups that it bet on. So if YC had missed out on those two companies, it would have lost the bulk of its gains. As Peter Thiel wrote in Zero to One, the biggest secret in venture capital is that the best investment in a successful fund equals or outperforms the entire rest of the fund. So the dependence on big outliers means that investors can, cannot afford to stay out of deals that might become big. Now, this is not true in traditional finance. As Sebastian Malaby explains, and I quote, 
The celebrated hedge fund stock picker, Julian Robertson, used to say that he looked for shares that might plausibly double in three years, an outcome that he would view as fabulous. But if venture capitalists embarked on the same quest, they would almost guarantee their own failure because the power law that governs startup outcomes generates relatively few startups that merely double in value. Most of them fail completely, in which case the value of their equity rounds to zero, which is an unthinkable catastrophe for a traditional stock market investor. But each year, InVenture brings a handful of outliers that hit the proverbial grand slam. And the only thing that matters in venture is to own a piece of them. End of quote. Now, I mention all this in light of FTX's spectacular collapse. Earlier this week, I wrote that given the opportunity, most of FTX's investors would do exactly the same thing tomorrow. Their job is not to avoid failure. It is to avoid missing out on the biggest success. Many readers pushed back and pointed out that FTX operated in a gray area, that it subsidized customers with unsustainable rewards, that it's, it flaunted regulators, and that it had a CEO that behaved strangely and said all sorts of outrageous things. Was any of this worse than what we've seen from Airbnb, Uber, WeWork, and plenty of other successful or almost successful startups over the past decade or beyond? Of course, FTX was allegedly involved in actual fraud, taking people's money without their permission. On that, they should be investigated and, if relevant, tried. But it's not something that investors knew about in advance, at least as far as we know. This raises another objection, of course. If investors did proper due diligence, they might have discovered the fraud in advance. Perhaps that's true, but fraud occurs even under the most intense scrutiny, including in mature companies that are publicly listed and audited by the world's finest accountants. Remember Enron? More importantly, Venture capital investors must operate with limited time and limited information. They have to decide quickly, and their whole fund hinges on not missing that one big investment. This is why FOMO, fear of missing out, is often a, a reasonable strategy. If the investment turns out well, you're a genius. If it doesn't, you'll get criticized, but with some luck, you'll get to try again. One does not need to go too far to see how the FTX investment could have turned out. Coinbase, an FTX competitor that offers similar services, became a public company in April 2021 and reached a market cap of over 80 billion. Now, the peak valuation represented a 60x, 6,000% return for Andreessen Horowitz, a venture capital firm that started investing in Coinbase eight years before its IPO. All of this is not to say that supporting questionable businesses and questionable founders is good for society or for the world at large. That's a separate conversation. My point is only that investors will continue to make bets of this kind and will learn very few lessons from the collapse of FTX. The record industry offers an interesting parallel. Did Amy Winehouse's death cause record labels to stop backing women who are heavy drinkers? Did Kurt Cobain's suicide trigger a shift away from investing in mentally unstable men? I don't think so. The need to bet on unknown quantities was always part of the game in the entertainment business. Stars were stars only after they became stars, <laughs> and if they didn't, they were just another bad idea that didn't pan out. The bigger question is why is the rest of the economy now starting to follow the same playbook? More on that next time. Subscribe so you don't miss it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this audio reading of my article, please share it with your friends. Subscribe to my newsletter on drawpollock.com or to the podcast on Rethinking FM. Thank you again.